All right. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to a Saturday episode of Crypto with English. The theme of today's episode is going to be creativity. Now, creativity is like a portal that has many paths emanating from it. So as, so as much as the path goes forward, information and data comes back towards the portal as well. So I'd like to warmly introduce to you all Andrea Zabka. She is the dancing economist and founder at the Global Empowerment Hub. She has used her talents uh, and expertise in both finance and dance to go around the world, all across different continents, speak in front of large audiences and inspire and empower people to really tap into their creativity and to essentially become leaders, entrepreneurs and enterprisers and so on and so forth. Now, our guest today will also be venturing into the NFT space as well. So we're going to discuss that a bit later into the episode. But Andrea, just like to warmly welcome you to our show today. And thank you very much for coming on. Uh, thank you for the invitation. I'm always up for a new adventure. So I'm really happy to get to know you, Adam. <laughs> well, I have a question. So how did you get the idea to combine dancing into corporate and business coaching? Because that's a very unorthodox way of going about it. I have to say first, the, the world had to be ready for it. And I felt that in the last two years, people went a little bit more spiritual, a little bit back to the roots. So right. I really understood the waves, what is happening out there. And now is the time to do these kind of things and incorporate any creative idea into the traditional businesses. So for me, that was dancing because I was dancing since I was six. It's part of my life. I will never right. stop dancing. And what happens is that when you are a dancer, first, what you do is is to to build your strong core and it's exactly the same what life coaches what business coaches are saying that first you have to build yourself up you have to right. be clear about who you are you have to clear about what you want and then after that because of that you will gain your confidence through that because you will know right. what you say no to what you say yes to what are your values who you will work with what business are you going to tap into and all right. this is because of this strong core. So that's the relation, for example, starting with dancing, that you wow. first build up a good dancer, you need a very strong core to hold you. And later on, with the connections, with the with the confidence, with the collaborations and the creativity, all right. this will, will flourish, right? <laughs> right. And uh, at what age did you start dancing? I was six. I was very young. Wow. It was. I did a lot of things uh, thanks to my parents. They signed me up for even Taekwondo and all the sports. Wow. <laughs> but I chose dancing that was more closer to me. And uh, it, sure. I, it stuck with me because of the rhythm, the improvisation, the flow. And ever since when I'm doing business, it's the same for me. I'm searching for the same flow experience in sure. events, in, in anything what I do. And what styles of dance did you study growing up? I started with uh, Barum and Latin. I was a competitive Barum and Latin dancer for wow. 25 years. And then I ventured into Argentine tango. And now I'm exploring social dancing like bachata, kizamba, uh, right. new, new arts, <laughs> new ways. <laughs> Got it. And when it comes to your business coaching, when you go to all these conferences, you're dealing with hundreds, if not thousands of people, and you're getting people to kind of tap into that creativity through dancing. What is the type of dancing you kind of introduce to people to kind of like get them to like loosen up or just to kind of get them you know into the groove of it? 
Well, that's one of the, the ways how you can use dance at the beginning of the sessions. If you want to make it really nice, then you can right. start with a little dancing, with a little movement, because people, the goal of a Zoom call or, or a live stream like this is to get the people to listen to you first because of the lot of noise around. So once you right. do embodiment, once you use your body and you listen to the music, you will be in the moment. Right. So you will be aware of the things happening around you. So it's a good way to start. But after yeah. that, I don't use dancing types. I use right. the way of explaining how, for example, leading and following is in dancing and how it relates to leadership and the employment or group work or balance or a lot of things that you get in business or in life. Right. Right. Well, wow, that's very cool. And I don't have a background in dancing, but um, I have done, you know, boxing, kickboxing and martial arts and things like rhythm are actually very important in those sports. Um, you know, boxing, you, uh, you have to have a foundation for understanding your own rhythm and your opponents, you know, bobbing and weaving and slipping. And so um, I feel like, and maybe it's the same in dancing when you're training and you're really warmed up, you're really loose, you do get into this very almost hyper-focused state of mind where everything is working the way it should and everything is almost like a reflex so you don't have to like guess or or doubt yourself so to say so whether you're training or sparring and things like that it's natural you know whether you know whether let's say it goes great for you or maybe not so great for you so i would imagine in dancing that probably, ha I would imagine that happens as well, you know, kind of once you're loosened up, once you kind of get going, once you're kind of, you know, relaxed enough to find your own groove or rhythm, so to say, then it seems like the mind kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, takes over and kind of goes in this creative autopilot or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you get into this super focus, some call it flow, some call it drive. The flow state, yeah. State, yes. Um, and then everything opens up. So, for example, what I can use in my business is this uh, wide horizon that I can at the same time listen to a lot of things. So, for example, when I'm backstage managing, I had the model yes. show that I was backstage managing. I could see someone in the corner crying or someone running right. or someone waiting because of our senses are getting so, so enhanced in this yes. state. Of because of the you know the passion and all this it all helps us to focus so it's really useful in life in business and that's why I was thinking oh why not combine the two and that's how I created the dare to dance your way methodology basically wow that's that's incredible and as far as your background in finance uh, talk about um you know some of your studies and uh, some of the projects you worked on so I was an economist. Uh, my diploma is economist right. and bank management and stock exchange. Um, and uh, I was working for mostly for in export and import. And uh, that was kind of like my closest connection to, to finance. But in my business, I really use it a lot because this economic perspective that I got from my studies, it's helping sure. me to innovate. Like you said, I venture into crypto. I venture into NFT. I see nice. how I can make my hub like more advanced and how I can digitally transform like the world is transforming and I can understand what's coming next is sustainability. For example, my next summit uh, this year will be about sustainability, leadership and digital transformation. And the market transformation is next, which is coming with sustainability because the old ways of living the financial system, it's not working. As you see, the leading countries who are using crypto 
are the struggling countries because they are actually fighting against the inflation by going into crypto, which is not Fair losing point. their amount. So you see all the countries on the top, they will be all the struggling countries and they are trying, even Ukraine, since the war, it, it just went up the, the right. users and the owners of uh, crypto. Yeah, the volume of crypto skyrocketed. So exactly. Russia and Ukraine is the yeah, first because they are struggling, right? So you nice. can see that it will change the whole economic world. And if you are clever enough to venture in it very safely, of course, because we are not financial advisors right here. Right. But, but it will help you. It can help people to 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 find an alternative for this financial world, which is not working, right. printing money and solving inflation and, and creating inflation by printing more money than the real value is there, right? Right. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> really not the, not the solution anymore. So that's how crypto was born. And that's what was coded in already the right. original code of Bitcoin, for example. <laughs> Got it. And before we get into that conversation, could you just talk a little bit about the Global Empowerment Hub? And because, you know, part of uh, my curiosity is this, you know, your background in dance, especially in doing the tango. Now, like I said, I don't have a background in dance, but I have done the tango before and I've had, to, you know, I've taken lessons and stuff before. So it is a very, very, you could say, intense and intimate type of type of dance. And by the way, you have to be very confident, you know, and I think being confident also helps you relax and stay loose, you know, so. Um, talk about how you've brought some of those, I guess you could say, those traits about yourself into into this. Because like if you see Tango on the stage, the man and the woman or, or otherwise, it's a very, very intense, confident, in your face, but also, you know, very um, fascinating type of dance, to say the least, you know. So, yes, please talk a little bit about that. So yeah, that's yeah. that's very important in dancing. So if you see the fire and the emotions in uh, in tango, right? That's right. exactly the thing that that is born that is born by this passion that the two person is collaborating together and it creates an independent union and it makes the person stronger when they are working together. Both of their advantage, the two strong cores, right. and then they are going up in an upward uh, circle together to to make this happen so i was right. thinking right let's create a hub which is using the same energies bringing change makers together and when they meet they are aligned because they are working on making the world a better place right. then when you put these forces on a platform and you teach them how to accelerate how to multiply their impact then basically by this airport that i create they can work together with bigger forces to to make things happen. Right. And by studying dance, what do you learn about yourself in the process, especially given how long and the intensity of your practice and study has been all these years? Uh, it was really, it's an ex exploration of yourself, but I have yeah. to say it's more of a skill booster for me. Uh, personally, you get to know yourself, of course. You know your fears. Uh, you start to be more... Um, more confident because you are dancing in front of people. I remember I was a very shy kid. I didn't do really? it. My father was sending me to, all right, ask this person what's the time. And I was crying for half uh -huh. an hour and I didn't want to go when I was 11, right? I was right. very, very shy. But because of dancing, because of the stage experience, because of the lot of learnings, I, I came through uh, on a different way and I learned to deal with my my anxiety or or my sure. my introvert side 
Wow. So it seems like at least through dance, kind of unlocking different parts of your body, uh, kind of also loosens up your feelings, your, your personality, your emotions. So it kind of makes it more, uh, relaxed and fluid and, you know, kind of dynamic so we can expand. So whether it's confidence or, or anything else. Yeah, it's it's mainly because of the because of the force that is coming through the passion and you can right. express this and people feel this because when you speak on Zoom, it's really hard, for example, to get the people be motivated and all this. But once right. you bring this forward, it's really, really nice. And then and then people feel that energy and they go with you. OK, <laughs> absolutely. That's awesome. So. Um... Going forward, and I guess before we deep dive into our conversation into mac macro and microeconomics and a deeper deep dive of sorts into NFTs, that is going to be the roadmap for today. So you can see what's going on in Web3. You can see what's going on with uh, different blockchain platforms coming out and, and their respective dApps as well that... Um, this is becoming a lightning rod for creativity from people from all different types of industries, you know, even unrelated to tech. So whether it's uh, our guest today, Andrea, or many others, in my experience so far, a lot of people who have ventured into this Web3 space come from completely different backgrounds. So listen, Andrea, I was just giving a monologue and an overview of, of today's episode and your very, very brief uh, intermission there. But uh, getting into the, the bigger conversation, especially with your background in economics, talk about from like a macroeconomic or a microeconomic point of view, what the hell is going on in the world today and how can we start getting out of this? Yeah, basically what's happening in the world today is what we were mentioning with very shortly before is right. that um, is that the current systems are not working. So what people started to do, uh, crypto is not new, right? For many, many years, people right. were already, the cryptographers were already experimenting with crypto and they started to create something, but they couldn't solve the problem of double payment. So it's kind of like, there was something in the system which was not working. And then right. Satoshi came and he solved the problem. By decentralized mean, he created something where it has been already solved the problem and the double payments couldn't happen anymore. And he created a super system, which is kind of like giving the authority yeah. to, to the people. And there is no one managing it. It's already there. There will be only 20 million Bitcoins issued and nine. 90 million is already out so 2 right. million left in the next 100 years so it's very very set and this system cannot be corrupted for now by outside parties but right. if you see the original systems the so-called paper money right right legacy systems by central banking. banks and then yeah. what happens is there is nothing behind the gold the everything else the value of everything tangible is not there anymore so what right. you see is fake money so fake money creates problems and that creates inflation and that influences how the countries are and how people are actually living right Right. So if you see the, the, for example, El Salvador, the first country, right, <laughs> right? Yeah. who is already using cryptocurrency and it's a legal, legal, uh, legally valid uh, currency. Yes, in El Salvador. legal tender. And 
yeah, rumor says it, there will be a second country very soon. Then you see that it's a system which can be a solution, like we said, for people or for countries who are already seeing this problem and it's changing the whole market. It's, it's disrupting the whole financial system and everyone is adapting it, legalizing this year, the regulation in every country will come in our space in Southeast Asia, Singapore wants to be the global hub of crypto. So it's kind of like a lot of changes, exciting new inventions, new companies, new systems are coming up, which was already due because in, in the world, everything is around changing and evolving. And we are just in a transformation of digitalization when we are really transferring to this world. And we nice. need to create the infrastructure, right? So the, the basic coins are the infrastructure. And then now the services starts to come out, which nice. are dealing and serving this infrastructure like NFTs and all this, right? And the DAO, and, and we will talk about it later, right. but. But yeah, it's just building up and it's super exciting time. We are living it. I'm, I'm really happy to live in this in, in this time of, of, of humankind. <laughs> yeah, it's the technology without a doubt is very transformational. And I like the fact that it draws people from many different industries into this space and people from different industries have been able to figure out kind of their own creative solution or creative project uh, to do. So, you know, let's say blockchain as kind of a, you know, you could say as a technology in of itself, you know, you can build DAOs, you know, decentralized auton autonomous organizations, you can yeah. build non-fungible tokens, you can build cryptocurrencies, you can build dApps. And these projects can be a reflection of your values or your interests and, you know, and, and things like that. So with your background as an economist, um, how important is it? that every currency has some sort of collateral behind it or some sort of <laughs> set amount. Yeah, I mean, because it, it seems like once the United States removed the gold standard in the early 70s, the rest of Europe more or less followed suit. So now the, the shared inflation problems seem to be almost impossible to overcome at this point because we're all pretty much using the same playbook, so to say. I would say that what you see now with the Russian and Ukraine problem, I will just talk about a little bit. Like, right, you see yeah, that, let's get into that. That uh, Russia has been cut out of the financial system right. by the US. So what happens now is that no one wants to be in that situation. So the solution will be going into crypto and, and having this set up because then they cannot be threatened by another country and cut out of a system when you have problems right? right so it's kind of like an evolution that is happening now in the market and it's all needed and and the standard like some people already say that bitcoin is the new gold right it's it's the new gold of the digital world and if you right. see it on a big way it's all needed because of the transformation because of the digitalization because of the future prospect of having to live, have an alternate life like Sims or Second Life, right? In a right. different world or Ready Player One, if you want, if you love movies, right? right? Yeah, that's, that's happening. But the, but the security, and I have to say, there is a little bit of things that we have to talk about it, that those companies who are uh, startup kind of crypto companies, right? They are not all secure. It's like a startup, a team of people come together, they issue crypto and they finance the project through the incomes. That is something that is like a startup. It can fail. 
So right. many, many of those companies, they fail. So the crypto behind it will fail. So when you invest, when you see this, you have to be very careful. And whether it's good or not, uh, it's the freedom of the market. So yes, right. you can say it would be great to have a second Bitcoin. <laughs> but on the right. other hand, the startup kind of mentality is building new creative ways of doing right. business with and, and forcing the startup market, right? Right. And you bring up a very interesting point when it comes to the uh, Russian invasion of Ukraine. So as we all know, Russia has been slapped with numerous sanctions you know, by the United States and, uh, and other allied, uh, allied countries, cutting them off from the global financial system effectively. Recently, we've seen high volatility, high volume of cryptocurrency trading and much of it coming from Russia. So does getting cut off through sanctions from, you know, you could say the global financial system, whether it's, you know, HSBC, Bank of, you know, Bank of America, well, probably not Bank of America so much, but like the other major banks, you know, uh, that we all are familiar with. Is it is it really going to is it as damaging to Russia as as it seems or is it not so much like can they kind of can they kind of deflect that with cryptocurrency or like what, what is their situation going to be afterwards? So Russia, I believe it had already problems and he didn't. Right. Uh, they didn't uh, suspect that the war will take so long, I think. So whatever they did, they thought it will be quickly over. And, right. and, you know, it prolonged too much and their financial resources and their money is already weak and it got right. just weaker. So for them, I believe as an economist background, this whole coming into the market and, and going into crypto is a solution for themselves also to create some second uh, kind of uh, way of security it's coming from the public right right it's, it's the people of the countries they want to have their own money they want to have their own security right. because their money is going down so they want something that is not losing the value it's kind of like the security money under the pillow kind of thing right right absolutely and as far as ukraine do you think ukraine will be the first european country to adopt cryptocurrency as legal tender let's say if you know if the war is resolved and you know essentially russia they have to take their chess pieces back home ukraine has to now rebuild do you think they may be the first european country to adopt this technology as legal tender bitcoins well and well, well i i am not like uh, someone with the with a crystal ball but i think there will be a lot of countries uh, now adopting it because they saw this example that this can happen so i believe as you see ukraine is leading the chart of uh, cryptocurrency right, population so it, it's kind of like you now on the top of the list so you can see that every country who will be in that problems or or have some problems they will turn to cryptocurrency that will enforce legislation and that will enforce all the changes coming up so i cannot say but yeah a lot of countries will follow and more regulation will come for sure got it and i have a kind of a follow-up question to that do you think it will be easier for countries like ukraine or by the way even countries in latin america like well, El Salvador has clearly already adopted Bitcoin, but let's say, is it easier for, let's say, the much less or the the unbanked world? And I don't mean in, in an absolute sense, but isn't it kind of easier for developing countries to perhaps implement 
blockchain well, and cryptocurrency yes. into there versus Africa, let's say the us yeah exactly if you think about africa uh, a lot of right. things are happening there a lot of right. sources are threatening people's money they can take it over there's no regulation it's really volatile it's even if you get to put it in the bank you don't know whether you get it so this kind of direct one wallet transaction thing Right. It's kind of like uh, helping the situation, right? Because no one can take away your money. So all these right. countries, they will be better off, or the people of the country at least will be better off. So in a way, it turned around if you realize that the people start to adapt first. And then after the country and the, and the leaders have to right. adapt and regulate because of the pressure coming from the people. And that's the beautiful thing in, in all these currencies coming up. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I have a little story for you. So one of my guests who, who came onto the show, she's Ukrainian. And even two years back, high amounts of cryptocurrency usage was coming out of Ukraine. So when I had her on the show, I asked her, why is Ukraine and, you know, Ukrainian tech startups and people, why are they already using cryptocurrency so much already? I said, this is very... This is very uh, good, actually. It, you know, kind of puts you ahead of the curve. So why is that? And she explained historically, you know, people in Ukraine and you know other regions nearby historically just don't trust banks. So 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 uh, a lot of times, like whether there was you know different wars and whatnot, when people wanted to go to the bank and get their money, the banks said no, can't give you your money. So yeah. she told me when people first started um, familiarizing themselves with cryptocurrency it really took off easily and it, it kind of it seemed like it immediately made sense to people which i think is which i think is great and if you look at what's going on let's say here in the us and western europe although you could say the banking system has a lot of conveniences uh, a lot of tools and a lot of comforts so to say but you can also see um how it's very inflexible and very vulnerable to outside events such as like what's going on so you know it, it seems like the biggest resistance for let's say western countries whether it's like more western countries like you know whether it's in europe or in the united states to adapt big banks will be in the way of that without a doubt and, and if you're el salvador or even if, if you're ukraine like i think they're in a position to better adapt to those changing times so to say that's yeah, what it seems that's, like that's today. Like, I, I just want to tell you something because I sure. come to this stream. I was opening the one of my uh, AAA, AAA, and they are having uh, the cryptocurrency data for all the countries and who is adopting it and the percentage of population. And I would just tell you, like, who are the countries they are leading is Ukraine, right? This is 2021. Then right. And this changing very, like, 120% per year. So it's kind of like already changed but ukraine right. is first then you have russia then venezuela <laughs> then you have kenya okay then you have usa and then after south africa nigeria colombia then southeast asia right then brazil and the first european country is united kingdom i think wow. we know why Right. <laughs> and yeah. then in the list comes France. So it's kind of like very interesting to see this list and to to think about it, what's happening in the world and who right. are those countries, right? <laughs> right. Absolutely. And you're based out of Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And over the past year and a half, Malaysia has been in the spotlight 
as far as these changing times with Web3 and blockchain, and you could say inspiring or supporting different projects. So you live in a very, very interesting part of the world at this time where it seems like where you are in Kuala Lumpur, it may follow in suit of the Singapore's of the world or the Dubai's of the world. But uh, but yeah, if you want to talk about the current tech ecosystem <laughs> in Malaysia right now, that'd be awesome. So I would say that Malaysia is, is a player, but it's not the biggest player. I would say right. Singapore wants to be the global hub. So it's definitely something right. to look at. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about why it's coming here and why is it so popular and in the meaning of Southeast Asia together. Right. Because the leading countries are the Philippines, Vietnam, Indonesia. So as you see, these are the lowest earning countries. The people, the salaries are the lowest, right? When you look at these countries. So what happened is they started to adapt to cryptos and all this world through gaming. Because hmm. there were already creek farms there before. All the creek nice. farms behind Facebook and all these other companies that we don't mention. So they they already have these click farms where, where people are in the background in front of computers. And with the gaming opportunity or with X Infinity, with all these things that they, after just playing and buying games, after just coming and buying things in the game and now earning money in the game, right? It right. became their alternate uh, earning opportunity, especially during the COVID time. So what happened, those people normally in a year, imagine they earn 400 to 500 uh, months, sorry, per month, they earn four to 500 US dollars. From That's their normal. No, this is oh, normal salary for right. a person in the Philippines, for example, right? Got it. That's a salary in the US that wouldn't be much, right? So four to 500 USD per month. And with gaming, they enter into the gaming, they can earn thousand US dollars. They can double their salary per month by sitting in front of the computer, by going into Axie Infinity by good. <laughs> tokens and then getting tokens and, and changing it to money. Right. So the right. president of the Philippines already started to talk about it, that, oh, we have to tax it. <laughs> we have oh, to do something because yeah. people are earning more money with it. So it's kind of like that's the way that's the thing behind which was, was actually bringing all these new things and, and now they're forming communities called guilds and they are teaching people to pro be right. professional gamers. This and play and earn phenomenon, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So that's that's when it's coming into picture. And if you imagine the world, like Metaverse is coming on, right? You, you have right. all the skins, you have all those things that you can buy, like properties or hang a virtual paint in your wall, which is an NFT, right? right. That is what is coming next, that people will live their life in a second world and all these gamers are just the drivers now for for these forces to come so i believe southeast asia is coming from that angle right and then later because of that they are developing faster right <laughs> which is which is great it's uh, effectively like a secondary like a parallel economy in of itself and i think especially where you see more and more jobs being automated this is a very important it's an excellent alternative to make income and in fact i mean listen i wouldn't mind listen if i can gain and then just make some US dollars in the meantime yeah why not yeah absolutely like I, I would definitely i would definitely do that in, in terms of china so china the people's republic of china is a very relevant part and party 
of the global blockchain ecosystem. So recently, over the past year, they prohibited you know, cryptocurrency and you know related related tech, so to say, and many of the miners went outside, so to say. They there was a mass exodus of miners. And in fact, the irony at the time was is that 67 to 68% of the world's mined Bitcoin was coming out of China. So I think when they pulled the lever the other way, prohibiting it, my feeling was, okay, maybe they feel like they can't control it right now. So that's why they're doing this. I kind of wanted to know what your thoughts were. For me, uh, China is a special, a very special place. Some people don't like it. Some people like it. For me, it's a culture with thousands of years of history. Right, 5,000 plus years. a very special way of leading the... I mean, there, we got so much from China, to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah, Europe, oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. Some of the things couldn't exist in Europe if we wouldn't have China. Absolutely, yeah. Right? So if you think about this way, they are having a very special way of leading their country, leading their people, and because of their connectedness, because of that... Uh, respect because of that way of living life it seems that in the new world it's work, working a little bit better we don't know the everyday life we are not there right southeast right. is very different but but i see that they are protecting they are slowing down they are they are trying to build up right. the infrastructure first build up the regulation first and then after they let things in it was the same with the, the social network that they cut something and you cannot right. extend some social network. So they want their own because they want to develop their own country first, which is economically, that's the best thing. Like transactional, uh, transitional uh, uh, villages and, and cities are coming up now, which means you are your own entity. You are living from the people and from, from the earnings and the services of the people within that city. That's a new concept in impact economies, right? Right. So it, it's kind of like the similar in China. They regulate a lot, maybe too much, who knows? Right. But they have some systems. They fix their environment. They fix their financial system. Now they are the powerful, powerful right. country, powerful force in the economy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I kind of remember back in the late 90s and early to mid 2000s, really the way they were able to construct and build and organize these projects. I mean, it was the envy of a lot of countries. And by the way, including the U.S. at the time, too, um, as, as far as I guess you could say the efficiency and the scale of these, you know, infrastructures that were that were being built. Whereas, you know, I guess you could say traditionally you can go through a very rather inefficient uh, congressional process against lobbyists <laughs> or senators and, and whatnot. But it seems like at least for what the PRC was doing, um, if you really wanted to do something, um, certainly a lot less red tape. <laughs> I think I, I would uh, bring back the dancing into this picture. If you remember, sure. there are dancers who are dancing in a big group and it's called like choreography. So everyone is moving together, right? It's right. formations. You have this in a, in, in a water dance, you have it normal dance and everyone is moving the same time. And if you remember, China is very famous about these kind of dances. They went viral that they do the same things at the same time, clockwise. Right. And right. this explains the whole culture, because if you have people behind you like that, that you can tell them, all right, now for five right. seconds, you dance like this. Right. And then the project comes, you tell them now you have one year to build this, two years to build this, right. 10 years to build up to this. They will do it. They are walking the talk. And from this 
from this perspective, I respect that because many right. times other countries, other cultures, they don't walk the talk. They are, for me, they are putting like, you know, layers right. and layers of nothing on the top of each right. other and then it will burst. And then here we are in the in the world of cryptocurrencies, <laughs> which is right. good for us. But it happens because people are layering and it's exploding because it's not workable anymore. It's not possible to work with the systems anymore for them right. it's a common action it's a it's a collective action what they do and it makes it much more powerful right and it especially seems like with mainland china so you have almost five thousand years of a dynastic emperor like rule with maybe only 80 to 90 years of let's say the communist party so i would imagine with at least chinese culture and chinese people what part of their what part of that culture plays a bigger role in their lives? I would put <laughs> more money on the five thousand prior years of <laughs> of how things were were done with the different dynasties and yeah, sometimes uh, we forget things. this, Adam. That's right. the thing that you you have you are leading like in my business in my creativity. I I try to give the people doors that people haven't opened yet right i want right. to encourage people to go through that and i want to show people that the world is not as other people tell you the world is how you see it absolutely and how, what the, the dynamism what is the picture you see in it so i see goodness i see all the things everyone just trying to survive everyone just trying to thrive and, and find out a way to survive so from this perspective it's good thing what, what people right doing originally is a good thing. It's for survival, for thriving. But then comes the, the how do you say that, the short-sighted kind of things of power, right. masculinity, all these uh, years. Even women, when they will go into business, they have to become masculine, right? Because of the forces. But feminine forces, you have, Adam, feminine uh, inside you, feminine part, which is more caring, which is more sure. uh, thinking through, which is more supportive. And now I, what I feel in the world, luckily, this, this is changing. The world wants change, like New Zealand president, woman right? right so the world is starting to accept that the feminine energy is a good thing so now what's what have to happen is that we have to accept that everyone has sure. men sure. women it's not about the wrong narrative of empowerment why i created my hub at the end right because right. the narrative went wrong right the narrative of empowerment went wrong it's for everyone so now you see it in the crypto world you see it in the economical system now you see it in the changing uh, of women leadership right you see right. it in in uh, other like lgbtq like all those different kind of entities who haven't had the word before now they have a say now these the doas everything is about that was sorry it's right. all about all about the the people having right to vote, the people having right to finance, the people having right to use the network to send money anywhere in the world. It's all about giving back. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, going off the point about dancing, you know, I would imagine finding the right rhythm, whether you're dancing by yourself or dancing with your partner, you know, that's it's it's a process of balance you know, so yeah. to say. And so whether it's in sports or by the way, whether it's in our everyday lives, there's been a lot of imbalance for a very, very long time with culture values. And you could say um, materialism, you know, there's too much, too much on the outside focus, maybe not enough inside. 
it seems. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's it especially with the social media. I have to say right. that. Well, you never know who you meet and what is behind. You see a beautiful picture, someone sitting on the clouds, talking down to <laughs> right. people. And then you, at the end, you talk to, and I was like, what, what? <laughs> right. And, uh, what did you do? And where are you? And I don't see you walking the talk because you right. can create bubbles like this, right? It's like a, like a huge bubble of imaginary yeah. uh, things. And you, because the social media is not tracked, it's not proven. It's not something that you can see in the reality, but what someone right. looks like all this, right? Right. You will never know. And this created a fake. Right. It's, a, it's a facade. <laughs> you know, I like to think of social media as kind of like one big costume party, so to say, whether oh, it was yeah. like those old 17 or 1800 masquerades where everybody just kind of wore like the simple mask exactly. covering their eyes or nose, or even if it's a modern uh, costume party. At, you know, maybe it's at some club or, you know, some very high end place or whatnot, you know, everybody wearing their different costumes. I think it definitely reflects what that person's values or interests are, but you never really know who's beneath that mask. So to say. Exactly, and exactly, and I, I always like to mention the the young generation, the new generation coming up who are super good on internet, uh, right. but they are very insecure in real life. So yes. what happens is that they are very, very confident in in online when they go online. But once right. you meet them and you want to talk to them, I I work oh, with universities, yeah. they just cannot express themselves. They don't know about respect they don't know about the dynamism in a conversation they don't know how to read people they right. don't know how to how to see the body language so methodologies and dancing and all this helps you to to even online i Very can point, read, yeah. right i i can see you but but they cannot they don't know because they never met with this we are a generation i believe who has right. this responsibility to teach this to the next generation that there is value in real connections in in in-person connections because if we don't do that the metaverse can turn around and it can be something very bad because then imagine those images right everyone right. sitting in a dark room playing on a game and the robots are doing real life right so right. it's kind of like well we have to be very careful from today on because it can go very wrong or it can go very Absolutely. good but <laughs> we need to have the next generations to navigate so in some ways, like people are kind of living like splintered parallel versions of themselves, especially more of the, the new generation, because it's kind of like you said, you know, some of these influencers, they may seem very confident, very self-assured when they put out a video, whether it's on TikTok or Instagram or whatever else. And then probably in person, no eye contact, probably full of probably full of nerves, staring at their shoes and just kind of very, you know, um, yeah. almost beside themselves in, in, in some in some instances. And, and it's very dangerous. The suicide rates went up right. crazy and the right. anxiety uh, is a major problem. It's a major problem today in the whole world. So I believe this is something that we have to be very careful of. And sometimes big companies, tech companies, whatever is happening, they don't care about this part. So sorry to say this. There's no education which is transferring people. That, that's what, one of my things also at the hub. I want to educate people how right. to transfer me into digital on a healthy way without hurting yourself or, or without, you know, getting just into this very small bubble and not 
being afraid of going out again, right? Or right. being afraid of meeting people again, or being afraid of human conversations. Um, it's 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 an amazing thing happening, Adam. I'm really really. Uh, I think it's the biggest thing happening to humankind and and there are a lot of opportunities but there are also a lot of threats if we are not yeah. transparent if we don't share knowledge and awareness then it can go to a to a wrong place to some, right. somewhere not so nice <laughs> right and, and by the way i i agree and especially i think when it comes to kids uh, i think especially parents they have a responsibility in this as well by the way i'm a parent i have a four-year-old son so <laughs> I think as parents and just as a society, we can't allow kids to get their sense of self-worth from whatever's on social media. So whatever version of themselves they're, they're projecting, because the fact of the matter is, is that it's very vulnerable to getting knocked down, so to say. So well, they get comments. Right. And That's what I mean. Why not, uh, you know, uh, delete the comments, right. they will see that before you delete. <laughs> yeah, because I think, I guess my point is, is that I think their sense of confidence or identity, it's inextricably linked in many ways with what they put out. So if somebody, somebody writes a very nasty comment, somebody starts trolling, you know, I think the brain is receiving that as some sort of like direct emotional yes. attack, so, so to say. So, you know, keeping, you know, keeping that in mind, I think especially as parents, there has to be some value teaching and, and some moderation, you know, with this as as well. So I'm 37. So cyberbullying didn't so much exist when I was growing up or when I was in high school and college. A lot of that was kind of when Facebook first came around and a lot of people were still using AOL and semester, if you remember that. <laughs> so so at the time, there wasn't a whole lot of that per se. I, I'm sure I'm sure it existed, but like back then. You know, people will still get into fistfights with each other. You know, yeah, no so, you know, so like you know, real life was just kind of around the corner anyway. But I think with the lockdowns, and I think with kind of, I don't know if it's apathy, or I don't know if this, if it, if there's some sort of disconnect because things are so chaotic. But like, people now are immersing themselves in this tech to the point where their identity almost can't be separated from. Mm -hmm what they put out there. So that's why I think we have these problems like, you know, suicides, you know, adults and kids alike, you know, through, through social media, because um, there isn't some, there isn't some kind of balance. And I think society in many ways has unfortunately kind of pushed or enabled people to get completely lost in this. And then if you're, if that is, if that is your avatar, both in a physical, spiritual, and you could say digital sense, then if somebody writes a negative comment, that's like a that's like a sudden three pronged attack at once, you know, for for you, so to say. Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, I I think this is one thing happening, but we can really deep dive back to the beginning of times and coming back to art and sure. dance and all these things. What we have, like, if you think back on humankind when we were in the caves and we were spending time together it was more about spirituality it was more about togetherness oh, yeah. we holding hands dancing around the fire getting the Absolutely. music getting into trance storytelling some, dancing yeah, you know like yeah if you think stuff, about yeah. rumi or the darvis the dancers right all these things it's still there but what happened with the with the digital world it's kind of like wiped out all these and it started to create the online version of it but it's kind of like it's not it's it's not it's it's still evolving it's not something right. very concrete it's not something that is there yet so 
people don't have uh, something to hold to. So what I can see right. from my perspective, there's a new religion kind of thing coming up, which will replace the old religions, but or the old uh, patterns and all the uh, things that the trend, uh, how you say that uh, different things that traditions right, right it traditions. will be replaced yeah. with something new but it wasn't born yet it ha it's not there yet so people are a bit lost because right. they don't get the usual connection and i was right. spending a lot of time with my grandfather so that gave me a lot of strength seeing him right. going through life and having his struggles and how he right. came out of it but now a kid is not spending time with that much with it's the parents yeah. The parents are passing phones to the kids to spend their time with. So yeah. when you search for, I'm always telling this story when I was traveling with my father, I was always asking questions in the car and my father right. was my encyclopedia, my, my, my <laughs> answering machine. But right. what, what people do now, they go online and they get the answer from the machine. So what people say that in the future the machine will be the god which which is kind of like something that we have to be afraid of on a way because right. whoever is uh, managing that machine which is respected as the source of knowledge in 2022 and in the right. future it's changing the way how people respect and work with other people right before it was it was experience it was relation it was family it was friends it was trust now it's whatever I read, I believe. If someone right. comments, I believe she's or he is attacking me. Right. Although it can be a bot. Yeah. <laughs> it can be anything, right? But you believe right. there's a person. Right. So so a lot of lot of things are behind this, and we could talk ages about this part, but I believe that's also something that is happening in the world that the respect went towards digital um, entities towards right i can say search consoles right 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 instead of people instead of uh, going and working together and sharing what happened to me and how i solved this problem and i learned it from other people in my community no i don't ask people right yeah and i think you know like you said traditions and community that really builds civilization that builds society mm -hmm. So, you know, whether it was, like you said, those old, you know, cave paintings and, you know, dances around the fire and, you know, uh, storytelling of different types of, you know, I guess you could say, you know, monsters and heroes and things like that. You know, these are things that created people's kind of community and by the way, but also their identity at the same time. Too. Yes, exactly. So, you know, because we all, you know, there's a individual and there's a community identity, so to say, when it comes to humans. So, you know, let's say if this, if these are the cave, the caveman, cavewoman days, so on and so forth. That those interactions are kind of what built you, your, your psyche, your your personality, and, and things the like background, that. background, the conditioning, everything, yeah. the beliefs, uh, yeah, all of that is happening through through this belief system built up by your community. So once the community is transferring into digital, you don't know who is behind that community. So it's a <clears> bit <throat> touchy. I, you don't know, right? right? Well, right. So there are a lot of opportunities to to influence people in a way that maybe kind of don't come out good at the end. But right. I trust people. I trust humanity still. So I, I feel that at the end, there will be good things coming out, like crowdfunding, right. fundraising. Right. Uh, the, the, uh, there are a lot of opportunities now. NGOs yeah. are accepting cryptocurrencies. So, so a lot of lot of things are happening in this world and a lot of adoption has to be done. 
but I, I really hope that humankind goes for that caring feminine energy now, right. either men or women, and then right. we'll start to see that we have to act and walk the talk because it's all past like environment we ruined it oh yeah yeah <laughs> Malaysia doesn't have a forest anymore don't come to check rainforest in Malaysia they cut almost all of it so right. it's kind of like we don't feel with nature like we felt before right we that's a very care. good point. yeah it's the dancing that the, these things what we were talking about was bringing us closer to nature to 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 see what's happening and that's how we are if we don't have nature we don't have humankind so it's kind of like a there is no question here what, yeah. what to choose, right? But the noise is right. so big that people are in the mini survival mode, struggling with their own problems, with a lot of right. noise, consumerism, and they don't have time they, they to, to be aware of what's happening outside. Right. Well, that's, that's beautifully said. And, uh, you know, in fact, uh, you know, I watch some of these shows on Netflix or, you know, on other platforms like that. And I look at those... Um, you know, the barbarians, the ones that used to fight ancient Rome, you know, about like 2000 years ago and stuff like I look at the barbarians and I'm like a little envious of them, to be honest, like they're, they're outside, you know, they're they're always they're always having a fire. They're always eating. They're always celebrating. And, you know, it seems like people were very straightforward, too. Um, you know, like, like, well, like, yes, like, I like right? yeah, between between like those, you could say, like barbarian tribes, like everything was kind of you know, uh, you know, on the board, so to say. So like, I kind of look at those times and you look at how connected people were. Um, it was, you know, it, it seemed great. And if you look at nowadays, by the way, whether it's our meat or the fish we eat or anything else, like for instance, like the fish that we consume have tons of plastic particles from like, you know, uh, and from like plastic waste <laughs> and metals. And, and these are things that we're putting into our body. So we're digesting, you could say the same waste that we've originally you know, discarded. But anyway, for me at on. this point, Adam, I have always the same question: like, what happens? Who will survive if someone is switching off the internet button? Who will survive? Ooh, that's right? a good point. Yeah. If one Only day those the internet... people in the rainforest, those yeah. those types who know which <laughs> plant is good for what, who know how to create food, who know how to self-sustain, right? Those people will survive. Who can they live are off the land. Yeah. Their body is strong. Their health is strong. They are not taking so much medicine. Their immune system like is strong because they're always outside. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very, very good point. That might make for a good uh, follow-up episode. I may have to take you up on that. Who yeah, will survive if it. the internet <laughs> is gone? But moving moving forward, so tell me, um, what direction are you moving towards in NFTs and DAO? So, you know, in our previous conversation, you told me a few little tidbits and I know some aspects may or may not still be in stealth mode. So without giving too much um, on my side, tell me where you are in the process right now. Because by the way, I look at your, you could say your avatar, your theme, you know, kind of uh, the face or the mask you wear, the dancing economist. That seems like the, gr that seems like a great collection as an NFT to put out on OpenSea or one of these platforms like the dancing economist in different colors you know, different backgrounds, different styles of dance, different outfits. Like there's so much, so much you can, you can go with that. And it's a very positive, you can say avatar for your values and things you believe in how dance kind of unlocks that in people. So anyway, um, tell me, uh, where are you in that process? 
So I, I believe that my dancing background is bringing me closer to art. And because I'm close to art, I'm, I, I believe that artists have now a chance to help people to navigate in today's world because we are more empathetic. We see the big picture or art is always expressing right. emotions, passions. We are grounded. We are closer to, to the reality. We are very hardly manipulated because we have our own values and the imagination and view of the world. So what I see in the in the world uh, and in the NFT world, especially that that artists are starting to take it over and especially right. digital art is starting to be the main thing that is traded. So, you know, OpenSea, there is always this platform, the biggest platform and people are putting up everything. And even if you cannot survive in a real environment with your art, on the NFT platforms, on these markets, you can survive and you can become a millionaire, right? right. Even if you are an artist, which was before kind of like impossible because right. your art depends on, on people helping you, sponsors, on a lot of curators, stuff. or a lot right. of work put in it, right? But now right. what I see and where I'm heading is that you can use NFTs and different DAOs and all these crowdfund crowdfunding idea, right? right. To, to create income for artists so that they can be free because all what we want artists and change makers is to let go of all these business things although i'm an economist right but right. my main thing is i want to be in a flow i want to create i want to be right. with people i want to help people encourage people and support people and empower them by my art so if i solve my financial situation then i'd be free to do that and for us, NFTs and, and cryptos and all this new way of life is a solution for that. So once you go and create something, now, now the musicians are going there. I heard right. fashion is picking up. So in the new metaverse, you have all those skins and everything and, and everything behind. And big brands are investing already to be there when the virtual reality is coming. So. Right. It brings up a lot of opportunity. And that's what I'm doing. I, I would like to get a social aspect for all these cryptocurrencies and all the DAOs and all the NFTs that people use it for social causes, people use it for, for something good right. and not just the financial means behind it, but yes. to, you know, give back in a real influential, impactful way. And also uh, on my side, I would like to, with my hub, I would like to also represent underserved people who cannot get into this environment who are not educated about this but through my right. education through the community we can give them the opportunity to earn money just like the gamers and the guilds right it's exactly the same thing that you give the opportunity the technology and they just give you their art and you give them back money which very importantly doesn't go to other entities there's no someone in between who right. may take the money it goes wall by wall from person to person. So your sponsorship, but many, many people are afraid to give uh, donations. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. the money is not going there where it should be or it's used before it's given. So now, right. no more, no more like this. It's possible straight away to the person. Right. There's <laughs> such rampant uh, charity fraud. And I think we've all yes. seen this for you know over 20 years. I think a lot of people who are naturally altruistic and generous just don't want to give anymore because they feel like, okay, if I end up essentially donating and let's say if it's a large sum, mind you, what am I actually paying for? Is it actually reaching that community, that town or that child that I wish to help? 
or is it helping that charity, quote unquote, you know, helping that CEO buy a new yacht or something? Right. Sorry to say, but right. first we'll go to the stock market or some investment, right. and then right. maybe some part of it will go back. I will be super honest. I'm always straightforward, but yeah. I appreciate that. That's awesome. It's a business, right? It <laughs> yeah. became a business. Well, exactly. It is a business. So but the main know, profit should go to the people, but now right. the main profit goes to the people who are leading these uh, these entities right. instead of uh, directly giving it to the people. And a little bit of amount is your transaction money, your your right. salary, so-called, for your services of doing this, making this possible, right? Right. Absolutely. And I think what's good nowadays, especially with decentralized tech, with Web3, is that, you know, NFTs cryptocurrencies, these can actually be a reflection or you could say a avatar for your values. So if you want to donate to some very charitable cause, you know, there is an immutable record that follows each and every exactly. transaction. So if you're dealing with a charity and let's say they're not putting the funds where they're supposed to be, well, there is a ledger that will always be visible <laughs> and, you know, of access to I, I be right. honest, I love this because you cannot say anymore. I'm donating every year that much, and I'm like right. the biggest uh, donation donator, and I'm like helping so many people. Now it will be trackable whether you really did that or not. Either right. whether you are a big company well, or right. small, right? And by the way, and you know, even if it's influencers or celebrities, and let's say they claim to be super generous and they claim to be doing it through cryptocurrency, well, you can really see for sure how generous or not so generous, you know. You know they are so to say and you know whereas you know with traditional equities you know stocks and related things like that i think a lot of times you really couldn't see um how much how many shares let's say the the executive board was buying or transacting before certain events happened so you know you can't really do that in this space with cryptocurrency where you know if by the way if somebody's going to dump a ton of cryptocurrency ahead of time there's a ledger somewhere that you can see and you can um, really see with full transparency uh, what exactly is going on there. Uh, I think yeah, exactly, exactly. Change, that's why the, the DAO right. is becoming so popular because it will be the future form of companies with the voting systems, right? And right. The, according to your shares, shares, right? Like in real world, you will be able to vote in the board and, and you can make decisions and, and the money is going into a, into a treasury. And then you decide that come, come, the board decides actually uh, how and where to send it and all this. So it's, it's kind of a new way of being very transparent, being very straightforward. It's really the biggest problem in everybody's now. Um, how you say this um people are not i want to be very diplomatic so so people are not really who they are people are using money for things that they don't right. really uh, hypocrites really, a lot of yeah, hypocrites. hypocrites or, or yeah uh, yeah so so what what no, you're right what's though Listen, now people want life. transparency <laughs> people want to yeah. see the reality and and it's over you you cannot do this anymore and and we need to we need to accept it and people have to accept it that yeah i have to go transparent and maybe that will be the solution for the future and it will make things better who knows <laughs> right and for your project um and you know like i said i understand parts of it or you know many parts of it are still in stealth mode so you plan on utilizing both a dao and perhaps an NFT collection in that ecosystem to, um, I guess you could say, get the right amount of funding or liquidity to people who need it. 
Yeah, exactly. So now you can attach utilities to NFTs. So what right. it means that uh, if some members are coming to your community, then it's possible to, you know, give them and sell them NFTs. And then in the NFTs, they get uh, like a concert uh, access or, you know, a workshop right. access and all these things. So it's possible to use it for the advantage of your community. And that's what I'm planning to do. And in October, I will have my yearly summit, the third one coming up, as I told you Excellent. about digital transformation yes. and sustainability. And we will have nft exhibitions we will have auctions accompanying nice. uh, for arts and and i will already have ready my my own nft minted uh, for the empowerment hub so i'm re i'm really really excited about this thing so i cannot tell more but yeah a uh, lot of, of things course, I, I understand it and like i said before you know considering that you know your uh you know your brand is the dancing economist there's a lot of potential as far as the nft world and where you could where you could go with that and you know creating like special types of collections and even animations on top of the pictures um things like that so if you ever want any ideas please feel free to reach out to me i i come up with Let's them a do lot it together I, like we can sure. shake hands virtually and we can release them together <laughs> sure <in> yeah absolutely <laughs> we, to do it. Uh, if you I mean, tell me something people know me for walking the talk and for doing things like if I say I do it, that's why I could do like many people were wondering how I did the 220 hours of uh, live streaming right. uh, last year for my six weeks conference uh, without a team. I was in front of oh, yeah. and I was live broad streaming, broadcasting for that long with the 220 experts. And it's kind of like, well, dancers, they just do it. You know that you right. have to do it. You don't have to practice. You have to do this, do that. And that determination will bring you closer to your competition, to the results that you get. So when I sit down and I do things, I have this in mind, so I have to do it. I wouldn't advise anyone to do that because it's painful right. and it's not healthy. Please don't do it. Right. <laughs> I lost a few kilos and I was really exhausted at the end. But just when you commit to something like I said to you that let's do it together, I really say that let's do it sure. together. That yeah, by the way, likewise too. Me. Yeah. I do so have some world, ideas and I think this is a great brand. <laughs> add in the world, then let's do it. I'm happy to do that. So so I would advise people to start to be very active because of the VUCA world, you know, the volatile world that is around us. It will not please us anymore. We were very living in a very convenient pace. Uh, we were very fortunate, no boards, no no big events, if you look back in history. So a lot of things are coming up and this right. virus thing and COVID thing and all this was just something something coming up already. But there will be new things coming up. So if you are not um, attentive, if you are not active, if you cannot improvise, if you cannot use your creativity, it will be harder, harder in life. So now it's time to... Get your awareness, right. get yourself together and act on it. And if you didn't go to the gym, start now. Don't no, don't start right. tomorrow. If you haven't started eating healthy, start today, not tomorrow. If you ha haven't started to learn about cryptocurrency or digital right. world, start it today, not tomorrow. Right. Right. <laughs> and you know what I would tell anybody if they're going to start and do something, you know, don't underestimate the value of micro habits either. I feel like. When it comes to let's say working out and you know some people they make a goal like a new year's goal i'm going to get back into the gym oh, yeah. and then you know they're good about it for two to three weeks and then it stops i think some of the problem is is that i think when people go about it they treat it like as some sort of big event they kind of have to 
hype themselves up to. And, you know, for me, um, I am a certified personal trainer. Um, this is not per se conversation from clients or something like that, but, you know, from people who just casually ask me for advice, listen, you don't have to do something crazy. You don't have to be on a treadmill for 45 minutes. You don't have to do boxing for 20 minutes. Listen, fire out 10 push-ups right next to your desk. Like it is, it is incredible. The cumulative, you could say combined effect. If you're somebody who's, who let's say, even if you do 50 push-ups a day in sets of, you know, 10 of each, but you do that every single day, it, the results would impress you. Oh, Whereas well, yeah. people yeah. think they like, okay, I need to go to the gym three days a week. It needs to be an hour and a half. I need to do all this crazy stuff. And I think what happens is people psych themselves out. Yeah, so you like, research, you plan and uh, do everything. Right. You have the whole plan running and then you, uh, the last minute you are changing. Oh, no, I should change to something else. Right. Like I, diets and all these. Uh, well, exactly. And, <laughs> and I think it's black and white thinking because then some people think, well, if I don't do that intense workout, then then I'm not going to do any workout whatsoever. Like, no, don't look at it like that. Do, like you can do some sit-ups right next to your desk right now. You can do some push-ups right next to your desk right now. You know, you could do burpees in your, in your you know, bedroom or something like that. And even if it's minimal, even if it's minuscule, even if you're bad at it, you're going to still feel better versus not doing it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And it's re-energizing you back. And, and yeah. I always say that in the world, you know, we are humans, we don't have an unlimited life. So right. a lot of people are telling these things, but I would come from another angle, right? I love life. I love everything. You and me both, yeah. I love people. I, I, I love this energy. I love the sky. I love the, the smell of the, of the sea, everything, right? So right. if you have this kind of love for life and you know that it's ending sometimes, right? It's not unlimited. It's not limitless right. your time. Then this is just an easy decision. I choose my fears, right. my, my excuses, or I enjoy life and I, I get to enjoy it longer. If I take care Absolutely. of myself, if I have my, my chill, my workout, my healthy lifestyle, uh, right. my business, uh, right. <laughs> whatever, partnership, collaboration, it's just sure. helping you to enjoy it in a different way, right? I agree. And I think, you know, kind of from what you're saying, you know, let's say if there's individuals who are pushing off those goals, Maybe some of the problem is that they they assume they have a lot of time. Yeah. And in fact, we, we don't. Yeah. You assume you have a lot of time. And and you know, I I made sure to get out of that habit, you know, a few years ago. So if I can do something and do something now, even if it's not the perfect version of it in my head, just do it anyway. Just yeah, it. exactly. Anything <laughs> can happen. Like my right. father used to say, uh, a plant from a, from a higher floor can just end up on your head and you right. are not there anymore. Or in, in Asia, it's coconuts, right? It's, right? it's just landing on your head. So you never know what's happening the next day. So this all kind of awareness do and do it now, do it today, just do it from Nike. Like all these things are around helping people to live an aware life. That's it. Nothing else. It's a decision to live life as it is every single day and make it better how you can and, and what is in your in your own uh, power to do so. And, and, and that's right. the only thing what we do as humans, like doing our best. <laughs> right. And I have to say, I think what you're doing and, you know, the projects that you will soon be revealing, I think you're a great example of how essentially great physical health and staying active unlocks creativity because the science backs it up. You know, having a high level of activity 
having a good good health, you know, having a good healthy lifestyle, it essentially unlocks and catalyzes more of the necessary chemicals for us to really function, you know, throughout the day as well. So that means, let's say if you're you're training, you're working out, and maybe you're doing a dance routine with some cardio and whatnot, on average, you could probably come up with three more ideas versus, okay. let's say, a, a competitor. <laughs> right, yeah, all right, so I'm being modest here, but you can essentially come up, let's say, three to 15 more ideas versus, let's say, somebody who's essentially inactive and they're, you know, kind of procrastinating and they're indecisive, like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to go for that run today because I didn't have my coffee this morning. So I think I'm just going to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> they're just going to hang out here. But, yeah, but I mean, yeah. you see, like, you from almost like a mathematical point of view, you can, exactly. you can generate more of that over time versus somebody who's inactive. And let's say they're a competitor of yours in this space. Exactly. Just read a lot of uh, about the big people, role models that you follow. Most of them wake up at 5 a.m. They start. Oh, yeah. And they do a lot of things with daddy because, yeah. Unless you are you are having some great illness or whatever, normally we are capable of of things that the humankind haven't even explored, right? Oh, absolutely. If you think about it, that then your brain, your body is is, is capable of so many things that we are right. not using our capabilities. It's really really limited part what we use. So the more time you you use for think about the monks the more time oh, you yeah. use on yourself to to get to know your body how it works the more time you have to explore and use those skills more that you that you explore that you find through this exploration right right you're absolutely right about that and i think uh, maybe one of the unfortunate realities of the world is i think many in life go through life without ever seeing or knowing their true potential and in fact, never really knowing who they are, you know, so, you know, like you said, just get up and do it. And, you know, how kind of a lot of these great inspirational people, by the way, I have a wall mural of Arnold Schwarzenegger behind me, but like, for example, you know, right? yeah, exactly. So, yeah. So like, you know, for him, he was that individual who had those very good habits where, you know, regardless of how he felt or even regardless of what people said about him, he went out, he trained. He, you know, he did, he ate healthy. He did what he could to prepare himself, you know, for the next step, you know, whether it was, let's say a great workout or a not so great workout, do it anyway. Cause at the end of the day, you're still taking more data and input. So you can at least figure out how to do these things better, you know, better the next time, you know, so to say. So, you know, for me, you know, if just to even kind of uh, stir up my curiosity, I want to see how far I can go in this vessel. That is me. That's what I want to see. And I think uh, and I think you um, follow that as well. How far can we go? How far can we push ourselves? And what can we really do by by doing these small steps, you know, along the way? Exactly. And um, one last point, one last learning, yes. <laughs> if, you, if you allow me, it's, it's about the motivation, because I see I'm in the coaching business and I see the trends. I see it's a billion dollar business. There are big motivational names. I will not mention them, but they right. give motivation, right? They give motivation, and the motivation is short term. It and is. You can't is, go off is, that. It's a drop feeding. You are hyping up people. You get hyped for 30 seconds or one hour or a weekend, and you go home to your own environment, and you get back to your life after this is wearing off. 
right. what, what dancers and sportsmen have inside and what makes oh, you I see what you're saying. Yeah. Trainer, right. We have the endurance. We, we think on long term. Our, it, we don't have motivation. We have a drive. We have right. something that is that is bringing us closer to all goals, years by years and years, and it's right. innovating and it's evolving. But people who are selling these services as coaches today, they are working on a short term. They want to hype up people. They want get, to get, get the, the money, money and then and then they go down. Same like same like consumerism. They go down and then you need you need them again. It's an it's a it's something that you get hooked on. It's it's you become dependent on these little injections from those people who are motivated. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I know. That's a very, very good point. And I'll tell you this. Um, I don't rely on motivation. And in fact, I think most of the time, even when I exercise or go about and do things, I don't feel amazing, but I don't feel terrible either. But it's <laughs> but it's natural. So if I have to do something, I do it, you know, so to say. And I think the problem is if you wait for motivation, you might go weeks without feeling good to, to do exactly. it. So then what? <laughs> Exactly. You, you. We also don't yeah. uh, don't misunderstand us, guys who are listening. Right. right? Exactly. Or Monisha, Nicole. Hi. So, so it's kind of like not that we are perfect. Not that we are just because of the sport background and because of the determination and the discipline and and the the things that we learned uh, in our past. It's giving us a better, stronger background in life, in business, in everywhere, because we don't think long term. We don't need these injections. We don't need these little triggers because right. we have our own trigger. We know ourselves better and we had or have our own struggles. Sometimes I spend time on the sofa sure. watching, sure. Uh, binge watching network series. Oh, yeah. I hear you. Something that I shouldn't. Right. Hey, we all have shit days. Honest, trust me. Right? Yeah. But it's OK. But right. the difference between us and other people is that we do it for very short term and straight after a little chill, you go back up and you you go higher. So our circle of, of, of growth is an upward circle. It's not stays on the same level sure we never stay on that sofa forever uh being convenient and doing it all the time we do right. it once and then we learn okay next time i will do differently next time i do differently and 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 you go upwards so in the coaching industry in the crypto industry in, in all the life in business it, it's all about this if you learn if you grow the only thing that you have to be careful of is that you don't stay on the same level very, but very every time you are evolving and you are going upward so that at the end you end up with something good you will never be perfect don't right. strive for perfection thrive for better by getting better and better yeah well listen i don't think we can end the episode on a better <laughs> quote or or um talking point than that so andrea thank you so much for coming on today this was a very very enlightening episode i am very curious as far as uh your projects and how they will develop. And um, as we discussed before, after we get off the live stream, I'll send you my Calendly and uh, we can discuss some ideas as far as uh, your project and yes. where you want to go with it. And, you know, perhaps some suggestions I can, you know, provide as well. I would love it. I'm always open, open to suggestion and, and I would encourage people to do so because we long time gone this kind of competitive mindset right. where you are not sharing your ideas without sharing your ideas you don't get inputs and alone we we are just very small dots right and with others like you and them uh, we just get a bigger picture and we connecting the dots and that's how the world works today so i'm really happy to to connect with you and and to work on this further and if anyone who is listening would like to come Absolutely. join the hub 
you just have to search for globalempowermenthub.com. We have an event coming up this October, four weekends of growth and transformation oh. in different uh, ways of life from personal growth to business growth to leadership and to art and fashion and, and uh, different digital transformation ideas, even sure. startup competition for women. So very it's nice. exciting. It's it's a super great uh, year. I'm I'm very excited to be here and very thankful for you, Adam, for for giving me the. Hey, likewise too. I'm very thankful that uh, you came on today and uh, you know generously uh, you know spent your time explaining and kind of going into the weeds about this, especially having that economist and athletic and, and dance background as well. It, it it arms you with a better perspective than let's say some pe someone who's just purely you know academic. And, and, and nothing yeah. else so you know yeah. I, I hated my parents for that that i couldn't go oh. for the dance school but really? at, the, at the end i'm loving them because my economist background is kind of like something that gives me the bigger picture if i stuck to be a dancer that would be very one line way of right. life but this is really expanding my my view <laughs> right well you know i think we, we should definitely talk more you know on that as well i could even tell you kind of my sports journey <laughs> growing up it was very very unorthodox to uh you know to, to say the least but yeah but listen andrea thank you so much i'll get you um my calendly tonight and we'll connect some at some point next week and we'll discuss uh your project and uh how we can really get the ball rolling and get it some solid Momentum, because I always believe this, the uh, tide raises all ships. So, you know, to be honest, it, it actually it's way more advantageous to listen, learn and collaborate and help than to kind of just do this on your own or treat everybody as hostile, you know, so to exactly. say. Exactly. Yeah, I, I believe in working smarter, not harder. So <laughs> <laughs> let's do that. Adam. Let's, let's do, do that. that then. All right. Andrea, thank you so much. Enjoy your day and uh, talk to you uh, later this week. Yes, guys, don't forget, dare to dance your way. <laughs> That's right, dare to dance your way. Oh, I should probably start doing the tango again or something. <laughs> Give me ideas. <laughs> yes, yes, let's do it. Absolutely. That's your commitment from today. That's my commitment, right. <laughs> Indeed. All right, we'll take care of them. Bye. Bye.